Remember that band, The Darkness? Yeah. yeah. Fuck that. I that metal. Thing oh, love. I believe in a thing called love is one of my favorite my songs. That's my favorite karaoke song. <sighs> yeah. Well, that's, maybe There's they would work today. They might work. person to keep track of. Stop tracking me! I'm not tracking you. I'm looking for Eve. I'm the very last person who could help you find my daughter. Silly, listen to me. The lichens are moving again. No, this is different. They're organized. They have a new leader. His name is Marius. I'm finished with this war. Well, it's not finished with you. They could have killed you. But clearly their mission was to capture you. Your daughter's blood. It's a prize. And if they find her, if they use it, Marius's power will be limitless. Well, then I hope she remains lost. Hello and welcome to the Vertical Viewing Podcast from Vancouver, British Columbia. This is episode number 102. Sweet. And my name is Scott. My name's Jared. My name's Rob. My name is Michael. Rob. Welcome. Welcome, welcome back. back to the show. Welcome back. back. En was the last time I was here. It certainly was. That was a big and, ticket and podcast. And then, and I think we're responsible for it. Danny Villeneuve's really blown up. I agree. That we brought the, a lot of attention. He is so. the biggest mm-hmm. director in the world. Ensemble yeah. remains an unseen masterpiece. Yeah, if you haven't, go see it right now. Ensemble. Perhaps yeah. his best film, right? I I would say it's his best film. It might be. Welcome to the show, everybody. On today's episode, we are going to catch up on the films and TV shows we've been watching, uh, as well as the week in film news before our featured review of Silence. Like this, ready one. Right. right. Yeah, come right. on. This has been done, right? Fuck. <laughs> Martin Scorsese. This is his long project of 30 years. Yeah, he's why, been... Why did what? this... Since, like, Last Temptation of Christ, he's been thinking about yeah, this Yeah, he's been thinking yeah. about it since 98 or something. Oh, or even like, before... 88. Even, even before 78, guys. Mm-hmm. Maybe, yeah. uh, like, the long, like a Napoleon kind of so project. Over, so he overthought it. That explains things. Well, he's, mm-hmm. uh, he's a big Christian, I believe. He's, like, a Catholic himself. He's a bit of a lapsed one, but he he's a, a believer. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You know, he's just an Italian guy from New York. Yeah, it makes sense, right? So, Martin Scorsese's silence is our review. You can subscribe to all of our episodes on iTunes. Please just go to iTunes. If you type in The Vertical, maybe V? No. If you just type in The Vertical, you might see us. We'll probably come up. Autocomplete. Hopefully you see us. I mean, that's how you know you've made it. Like how early the autocomplete gets, you know. Yeah. If, yeah. You, if you just put it in the... Gets lit. Yeah, we know we're good then. If the very yeah. first thing is vertical you've, viewing. You've arrived. No, you just yeah. you, you just look at it. you look at the search bar and it's already filling it in, like somehow with eye uh, iris tracking. It's like oh technology. you're there. Did you mean vertical viewing podcast? Everyone else does. <laughs> Google's homepage yeah. just goes to our website. <laughs> Did you mean so when you're on when you're on <laughs> iTunes in a real world scenario, you're typing in the vertical viewing podcast and then you're leaving us a five star review. And Rob, they're leaving us a recipe for what? 
uh, they're leaving us a recipe for uh, cilantro and uh, pumpkin seed dip. What? What? Because I had that today and it was awesome. Wow. Okay. That's pretty we need specific. To put that recipe, yeah. Because I just had that today. Denise made it, and it was pretty out there. So we gotta get, awesome. get our hands it, on the recipe. I don't think for I've that. ever heard of. That. Are you guys cilantro fans? In the going around yeah, the room, yeah, like I cilantro. Am. So just to broaden it, probably anything with cilantro in it, hook us up. In fact, Vietnamese subs, bon me, yeah, money. Did you know that some bon people, because of uh, get the, the, the way, <laughs> the way that uh, cilantro interacts with your. It tastes like taste soap. Yeah, for some, some people, people taste soap when they. Mm. Yeah, and you know what? That means that's a cruel god, in who, up who there. just punishes cruel people. God that punishes people that they can't enjoy cilantro. Yeah, like what god would do that? Mm-hmm. The people make that beautiful the, the, thing taste like for, soap. for anyone. Like if cilantro, it used to be this way at least back in the 1600s. If if cilantro <laughs> tasted like soap to you, they would just strap you to a cross and then let the tide roll in. <laughs> For like yeah, anyone who had that strange, because you must have been some type of a demon, of some type. <laughs> like somebody would mention it at the inn, they'd be like, "Hey, this uh, this tastes a little bit weird to me. Did you, did you guys put some soap in this?" They're like, "He's a witch, burn her, strangle him up." It turns into a life of yeah. Brian situation oh, man. immediately. That's how the Spanish Inquisition was so p- prolific. <laughs> So I, I don't even remember what soup tastes soapy. <laughs> what did we order? We just wanted some cilantro-related Vietnamese subs are my my jam. If if you guys yep. know any cool recipes, I'm into that. Yeah, recipes. Right? Right? I'm good for that dip too. Anything with cilantro. Okay, fine. Man, verticalviewing.com is where you can go <laughs> to get all of our websites, all 102 of them minus eight. A couple. But you know what we we would like you to do while you're there? What is that? Well, take a look around, and maybe you'll notice a little there's shiny a sh- yellow little there's a shiny donate button. Yellow donate button. Yeah. If you click that thing, you can help us offset the cost of seeing movies, putting on the show, keeping the lights on. Experience cilantro. Experience cilantro. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's the experience 2017 experience cilantro uh, program. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can help us support the show, slicing off a piece of the internet pie, just sticking that pie in your ear every week for free. Uh, keeping it ad free. No ads for Casper. Stop talking about Casper. This episode is <laughs> not brought to you by ridiculous, Casper, isn't it? Casper mattresses. No, shut the fuck up. You can't talk about Casper. They're not paying us. Yeah, every time we say the word Casper, we don't get any money. So, well, there's no well, promo code, so no one knows. It's not. It never happened. It's not vertical viewing. <laughs> you can send your thoughts. I tried it. I thought the promo code was <laughs> vertical four twenty. I wonder if you just make your own and it works or something. Yeah. Vertical four two zero. Yeah, you just. Yeah, donate to your own. <laughs> yeah. Please send your thoughts and recommendations to our email address, which is verticalviewing at gmail.com. Uh, let us know what throwback films we should review. I started looking at, you know, films that had a 10-year anniversary this in 2017, 20-year, 25, 15. Let us know. if 50? Oh, yeah. yeah. If there's any films yeah. that came out in 2007... 1997. Like if if you want us to review Titanic, we're not gonna. Um, <laughs> that but, you is know, true. But we might review LA Confidential or something like that, right? Mm. Yeah. Verticalviewing at gmail.com, on Twitter at verticalviewing on Instagram, where we keep it extremely real. At verticalviewing, we own it. Yeah. Oh, so yeah. yeah, we paid a lot of money we, for we, those domains. We own Instagram. I wish <laughs> soon. 
Let's get on with the that's, show. That's the next step. Yeah. Thanks, thank, thanks for your donations. Yeah, we're working our way there. <laughs> yeah. They allowed us to make that purchase. Uh, did I bring this up on the show, the whole uh, Pebble Watch purchase thing? Did no, I? No, no, I haven't heard. What were what? you going to talk to us, Scott? Uh, I, I mean, stop me if I mention this on the show before. I know you will. But, uh, you know, the Pebble Watch company, they... Kickstarted. Okay. One of the first Kickstarter projects was this watch that had e-ink on it, and it was this low-power watch that would allow you to, you know, it's like an send uh, text messages. Alternative to the uh, Apple watch. watch, but it was the very first wearable sort of technology thing to come out of this stupid trend that's going nowhere. Yeah, I hate those so much. They didn't go anywhere, and this is the point oh, of this I can't story. Wait for the new ones to come out, the new Nexus. <laughs> no, ones. listen to one. listen to this ridiculous shit. So. I believe at the height of this wearable trend, or like it's going to be huge, y'all. They were offered, I think, two hundred million dollars for their company. Turned it down. Probably. Turned it down. Turned it down. Uh, last year they were offered fifty million by uh, I think Apple. They turned that down, uh, and I think Garmin, the you know GPS company, just offered them fifteen or twelve. Uh, and they just went ahead and just took that. Oh, nice. <laughs> wow. Talk about bad timing. Ooh. And it, that burns a bit, right? Yeah, I know. That's a mistake. People figured out that you might as well just be looking at your phone if you're looking at your wrist. It seems crazy, right? No one has a wearable. No one has an Apple Watch and can be taken seriously. No one that I know actually has one. I know I see people that have them, but I don't. Actually, I wouldn't want to actually interact with them. <laughs> It's like it none of okay. my friends actually, like well, close friends you know, to mine have people. an Apple Watch. We don't want to alienate any of our listeners. Yeah, but, guys, there's lots of people uh, that have these. I'm, I want no, one. I, I love I'm going to get the new Nexus watches uh, when they come I out. I love them. I love the people, but I'm not actually friends with them. So it just, it does, it just, that's how, that's the, that, those are the facts. <laughs> um, I have one that I wore for a day and that's, I just I think, couldn't do yeah, it. I think what, that's what everyone's. What kind was it? The Apple Watch? No, no. It was just like an LG smartwatch, but... Uh, yeah, like the good ones are crazy expensive. Like if you want a decent smartwatch, like the Huawei watch or something, you got to pay like eight hundred bucks. I think a, you should you know? just strap an iPad to your chest and have a, <laughs> gotta go. To, kind of See, I dig that. What I hated you so know? much about mine was I couldn't get any good faces to actually look at the time on it. They all looked stupid, so I just went back to wearing a watch, like a regular watch. A regular watch. <laughs> there it is. That's what I do. Uh, Rob, you're back on the show. I'm back. It's been months. I know it has been months. I believe it was October or September. So what have you been watching? Do you have anything cool? Well, okay. So I'll look back because maybe say the last month, things that I've watched. Um, well, last night I watched uh, The Hunt for the Wilder People. Okay. And um, okay, I'm just going to tell you right away. If I was 13 years old, that would be my favorite movie. And no one could tell me anything else. <laughs> um, it, as an adult, though, I mean, there was a lot of great parts, but then the cheese kind of factor kind of kicked in every now and then. People really go to bat Sa for this movie. Sam Neill was really good. Have you guys seen it? Yes. We've had discussions about this yeah. film on the podcast. But that kid, the Maori kid, was awesome. There was a lot of really good lines in it, but in the end, it doesn't Ricky amount Baker. to... Yeah, it doesn't amount... There's some really great lines. Uh, one of Two things that didn't work for me is the guy from... Um, that was the manager in um, uh, Reese, the Concord. Uh, His character was terrible, and it wasn't funny at all. The, the, the crazy Sam, the guy mm -hmm. with the beard, he, that didn't work at all. And the woman that was the child care worker, she didn't work at all. But everyone else I thought was great in it. 
the woman that was in the, the one chasing him like the the, one I'm like Terminator him. you're like Sarah Connor <laughs> yeah they, she has before she great, could lift weights she before some, she could do chin-ups well she had great lines to deal with and yeah. Yeah, I mean, the, the nerdy stuff is good in that yeah I liked the the other guy that you, you don't like had a couple good jokes too when he's like the fastest way out of here is my jetpack he's like you got a jetpack yeah. no what <laughs> But, or, the, the movie was trying much too hard to sort of be uh, its, o- its the, own Wes Anderson quirky little the yarn. Kid, the kid was awesome. Like yeah. that actor was great. Like when he was dancing and he's like, you want to hear my Walkman? <laughs> he's just dancing. He's just like, dancing mm, to nothing. Mm, mm, mm. I, I, I wish the movie didn't have... It, it has a, a big studio gloss to it. This feels like a movie yeah. that should have a budget of like... Fifty thousand dollars, and it should have, be like yeah. you know, what I mean, super, super gorilla. Like I want it to feel like mall rats or something that I think would have suited it to make it feel like a Harmony Corinne movie, yeah. like Trash Humpers or what? Fucking what's the one with the kid in the bathtub of yeah. shit? Uh, uh, Gummo or Gummo? something? Gummo? Yeah, yeah, I don't know. These these, these really ghetto ass yeah. movies that it, it are had, really dirty. This uh, had way too big of a budget for what it was. Like yeah. the helicopter shots the and chase at the scenes end, yeah. at the end, like. Yeah. You don't need that type of budget. Like yeah. they could be running. Like, <laughs> yeah, it's 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 a great movie. I I just think people are really. Have you seen it? Yet? No, it's on my list on yeah. Netflix. It's. It, I would recommend it. Like it's a it's a fun movie, but yeah, it's, it's great. It's a mm-hmm. it's a, a solid seven. Yeah, you know, like seven point two five. Okay, and that's fair. But the kid was infectious. He is, he is like fun. he's really like at the start you think, oh, is this kid not going to talk through the, the whole film? And then, and then he starts talking. And you're like, yeah, yeah. His they, haikus. I love all those haikus. Yeah. It pays off well. Yeah. Uh, Red, what do you got? I know you got something good here. Well, no? No? I have I have two items this week. What do you got? Because yeah, it hasn't been too long, actually, since we all sat down. True. Um, True. First thing is Ip Man 2. Nice. <laughs> I'm continuing the them. saga. Yeah. Um, you are correct, Michael. I agree with you that it is not quite as good as the first one uh still really fun though the action's still great yeah donnie yen man kicks ass if you guys haven't seen any it man get into it he's in a movie this month right a really bad looking film and the triple x the thing about it man is it man is the guy who taught bruce lee how to yeah he trained bruce lee in wing chun it man okay yeah yeah the first movie not ip not ip man that would be like a new high-tech sort of yeah, the dude that comes up property. with all of them. Intellectual yeah. property man. He just owns it all. <laughs> yeah, he's a lawyer. <laughs> yeah. um, Donnie Yen could pull that off too. Yeah, he probably could. He's he's quite good. Like it's he's impressive. Some of it's like melodrama and like slapstick, but he he handles everything well. One of my friends just interrupt there sent me a clip from like a Chinese comedy show or something of him. I don't know if you've seen this where he's a He's in China in a department store as a locally sourced makeup salesman. And all the women are like, if it's not European, we don't want it. And he says, stop, you're being a coward. And then basically it's a fight scene where he like wipes their face off and, puts and then makeup. puts makeup on all of them. It's pretty yeah. hilarious. Nice. <laughs> that sounds nice. Good. That would be very entertaining. <laughs> yeah. his, his whole reality is about to change. Um, well, with Star Wars. Yeah. 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 Like he's his whole life is going to be Everybody turned upside now. down. Soon. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then very quickly, actually, this is uh, something that you maybe have seen, Rob, um, a 2012 documentary called mm-hmm. Beware Ginger Baker from a guy called Jay You Bulger. know what? I, I have not seen it, but I heard it is pretty awesome. I haven't seen it, though. 
it's uh i mean it's not the best documentary you know i've ever seen but the subject of course is super interesting and uh really shines a light on uh a character who sometimes takes a backseat uh, ginger baker was the drummer for many uh, famous rock and roll bands but perhaps cream. most famously cream um, is is this similar to that documentary from a couple of years ago about the backup singers? Uh, what what was that? Twenty feet from stardom. Yeah, is is this kind of? I I'm not familiar with that one, so I can't okay. say. Oscar winner, but yeah, uh, I missed it for <laughs> whatever reason. Yeah, similar premise, right? Is, is is it about someone who's behind the scenes of a lot more? Well, Ginger Baker's the drummer, right? Um, and he was basically the first rock and roll drummer he was also a huge heroin addict um he came from jazz he's super talented um you know professional drummers know his name and will correct you if you say that you're like oh john bonham is as good it was you know and ginger baker were the same they'd be like hold your fucking horses pal you know like ginger baker's an insanely talented jazz musician he's also crazy but Probably the heroin. Uh, might have something to do with it. Yeah, I think it <laughs> seems, might affect seems to your, work well with musicians. Yeah. Like, if you want to make some sweet music, just not not recommending this. Era, yeah, everybody. we do not recommend heroin. Yeah, no. but yeah. apparently he tells the story of how he gets introduced to it, and it's pretty interesting. Like this, his he meets his musical idol, uh, Phil Seward is the guy's name, who he literally like puts holds above any other drummer. Who was that? Phil Seward. Uh, and and uh, who is another jazz drummer? Okay, his idol. And so he says to him uh, after they he he meets him like come back to my place come 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 uh, you got to come hang out and he's like okay and he takes him into this room and he's got stacks of vinyl and uh, he has him like tie him off and he's like fifteen at the time or sixteen or something. This sounds fucked up. Yeah, and he's and he. No, shoots, this sounds fucked he up. He shoots... Well, this is just a story. It's animated in the movie. But he shoots heroin with uh, with his idol when he's a teenager. Wow. And then they listen to African drumming music that he has on vinyl in this room. And it, it's Whoa. like this crazy, surreal experience where he's like transported and, he, and he, he's listening to it and he says like, do you hear the beat? And he's like, yeah. He's like, count it, count it. And he counts the beat and he's like, No. This is the real beat, and he counts a different beat, and he's like, "I was transformed that day." Like, <laughs> like it changed his his whole life. So, nice. so really wow. neat documentary. It's on YouTube, so we, check we it out. We needed these men to uh, get music to where we are, and and to do this psychedelic mining to to retrieve, yeah, the these, secrets the, of the these coveted secrets of yeah. sweet beats. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, that's pretty cool yeah music is a funny thing isn't it it is and um, he's there's a harmony and a balance that it brings to the universe yeah maybe not to this no. guy's life though Ooh. so check it out if you're mm. interested mike he's still alive lay it on us man you uh, got something yeah i watched a movie by the name of underworld blood wars oh, you went to this yeah man <laughs> oh, whoa yeah so i've been with underworld since the start <laughs> Through its ups and downs and downs. Wow. Uh, you know, and downs. So, so January is one of my favorite months of the year because so much <laughs> shit is released and I love going to the theater and just watching terrible movies. 
Uh, that's just a thing that I really enjoy. So I can't wait for Resident Evil. We have to review that, um, apparently? I hope not. <laughs> so, uh, so the first 15 minutes of this movie are clips from the first <laughs> three or four uh, bringing everybody up to speed. <laughs> so last time on Underworld is basically what's going on. Nice. It's just Kate Beckinsale saying, hey, so this happened, this happened, this mm. happened, this happened. Here we are. When did the first one come out again? I don't know. 2004, I believe. Okay, so it's helpful to have these refreshers. We don't know where we're yeah, at. Yeah, especially with like... These lycans. I don't, I don't think it's necessary <laughs> because there's no chance in hell anybody who's at this movie hasn't seen at least one of the other ones. Uh... Unless they were tricked into going. They could have made these as big as the Fast and Furious franchise if they engineered it properly. Like they were super, the, the movies themselves are pretty dark. Not like subject matter wise, but just in general. Everyone's wearing black. Yeah. It's always nighttime for the most part. They think that the Matrix is still big. Yeah. Are and, there a lot of nightclub scenes in these movies? Well, not really because there's the coven. There's the vampire coven where you walk in and there's all these beautiful people in various levels of dress but all of their clothes are black the beautiful people and all of yeah there's like lasers and stuff (laughs) right it's it's, is it in eastern europe somewhere probably (laughs) yes yes it is but then they go to the nordic coven where everybody is aryan like they're straight up super pale bright blue eyes white white hair white white hair how many superhero landings are there in the movie Uh, how how many you know gosh like land and crouch and look up at the camera there's one oh where it's Kate Beckinsale. Kate Beckinsale butt, right? knocks a, a werewolf off of a frozen waterfall, okay. and she's just wearing like liquid leggings and just yeah, shaking yeah, it basically, the entire basically. film, I guess. So, so the first little bit of this movie was a bit was rough, and I'm not gonna like critically. This is a terrible movie because it's, uh, but I sort of enjoyed it. Like the action was was all right. Uh, it took me back to what I liked about the other Underworld movies. Like they're they're terrible, but they run with it, and they know they know what they want to be. Mm-hmm. And Kate Beckinsale, yeah, she pulls it off. So she pulls it off. She pulls it off. Like what? Oh, oh she, she pulls. She, she pulls being a vampire off. Oh, uh, not her costume. Not her costume. Oh, gotcha. No, that happens in the second one. Oh, gotcha. Uh, so, but they've sort of they left it open at the end uh, for another movie. I was like, really? Because they they set it up to lead into another one. Because basically, the fourth movie in this series. Does everyone know what the idea is behind the Underworld movies? It's Lycans versus vampires, yeah, man. So, so there's a war that's been going on for hundreds of years between werewolves and vampires. They Hid- did this before Twilight, didn't they? Yeah, hidden from humans. Uh, but in the fourth one, humans find out and intervene and start hunting them both. And it just becomes a stupid, terrible mess. Uh, so this one, they're like, shit, let's forget about all that and just go back to vampires versus werewolves. That's what everyone wants, uh, guys. So they do that, hmm. okay. and that, it looks like they're starting to introduce magic into it oh, now, so it could nice. be like... Well, how else do you explain werewolves well, no, well, no, and vampires? That's a, well, because once upon a time in ancient Rome, some dude got a plague and didn't die and became immortal because it mutated his genes, and now he was the progenitor <laughs> of both races. Wait, it made him... Because he had Im- two sons. Immortal? One was bitten by a bat, the other was bitten by a wolf. <laughs> Bam! There you go! What? Wait, that's oh, actually fucking up. tight. That's really fucking awesome. <laughs> so one guy got sick, but didn't get sick. He got sick with a plague, but... He got magic sick. Yeah, it mutated awesome. his cells. It was a magic plague. Yeah. It was probably actually a curse. Oh, man. So there's yeah. your magic. Dude, you're selling Underworld <laughs> Blood Wars kind uh, of for me. You know, th- there's some good action. It's okay. basically, th- if you want to watch uh, pretty people uh, in sort of a 
dreary looking movie mm-hmm. uh, fight each other. Yeah, yeah, it's you could, you could do worse. It was entertaining at least. Okay. Well, we need to have it on a sub and World I pro- War probably II and have vampires and yes, werewolves yes. in the sub. I mean, yes. critically, I'm giving this a four out of ten, but I still enjoyed myself. Yeah. So. Okay. So there's an objective score there. Yeah. Um. So I watched two things this week. One is dope. I'm halfway through it because it's eight hours long. Dope is eight hours long. No, not the movie Dope. Oh. Okay. O.J. Simpson made in America. The five-part thirty for thirty documentary, which is incredible. Everyone saying that thing. Oh my god, this thing is epic. It fucking goes like if you if you want to know every single thing about Los Angeles and being an African American in you know California for the last forty years, this this sums up everything. So sorry, this is the documentary, not the People versus O.J. Simpson. Something different. Okay, exactly. So this is a just straight up, you know, by the numbers documentary. O.J. made in America. Basically, looking at the relationship of the LA, like the LAPD's relationship to black men in Los Angeles, um, like a deep, long history of tension, uh, like Rodney King, uh, the Korean grocer who shot the young girl in the back of the head and stuff. There's, um, did you guys know that O.J. Simpson's father was uh, was gay? No. Did you guys know that? Not at all. No. No clue. Crazy, right? Is that that like is that, yeah, is that a, significant? Had an effect on that made him kill um, his wife? No, but there's there's a history of violence with his wife, and I think some of it was motivated by some of the people she may have hung out with were, that were gay. Like he he he. The the film demonstrates few a few situations where he is clearly homophobic and hateful, uh, and that's perhaps because of. His father's oh really sexuality okay um he cheated at golf guys how do you cheat like just pick it up and walk to the other fairway no I got a zero on this hole that's gonna look great <laughs> there's a scene where the guys there's a his his golf mates are explaining that uh, his ball went off way the hell off course just out of bounds he sucked at golf and then OJ later on dropped a ball further up the fairway on a tee like he put a tee down and then put his ball a new ball on it and said <laughs> hey guys there's my ball and everyone says how did it end up on a tee and if, he goes that it's just it just happened if there's no money involved fair game man <laughs> you can do whatever you want he just is clearly full of shit uh man, people take golf way too oh, yeah. people take every sport way too seriously yeah, yeah. um he he clearly is a psychopath liar yeah. cheater but treated very differently from all of the other black men in Los Angeles. It's drawing parallels there. Uh, how he like he got off. Like there's there's multiple times he should have been arrested for beating Nicole Brown uh, severely, and he was just let off for like you know because of who he was. Yeah, like preferential treatment, right? Yeah, um, yeah this thing's amazing. It's five mm. parts long. Each part is ninety minutes. But each part feels like it's dedicated to a different. Wow, I got to see it. Section so, of like so, the story of Los Angeles. So now, what you have to do if you haven't already watched is the People versus Cuba. Uh, sorry, O.J. Simpson. People versus O.J. Simpson, not Cuba, <laughs> Cuba Gooding. Cuba Gooding, Jr. Um, mm-hmm. And just see how they see paint him there. there. Yeah. Okay. All right. American yeah. crime story. Was it? What was it? American? I don't. 
Yeah. It was, oh, yeah. yeah, it was a fictionalized version. Yeah, yeah. for sure. Uh-huh. I want to see how they paint him compared to the documentary. Well, the documentary makes him look terrible because he kind of is a terrible person. Hey, he was in Naked Gun, okay? It, so get off his very back charming, a bit. Very charming the in epi- Naked Gun. <laughs> the episode I just Sweetheart. watched was... Sweetheart uh, and Naked Gun. Yeah, it was showing all these clips. I was just watching the clip of him in Naked Gun 1 where he breaks into the boathouse, I believe, and then he, he gets his ass kicked by all these different things. Like he's... Uh, like his hand goes onto the hot stove and then he like stumbles over and there's wet paint and he hits that and then his hand stuck in the fucking windowsill. Brilliant. That might have been 22 and a half or two and a half. Two and a half, I think maybe. Uh, The other thing I watched is The War on Everyone. Oh yeah. Directed by uh, John Michael McDonough, the brother of Neil McDonough. Who is the in Martin, Bruges? Sorry, Martin McDonough. Martin McDonough. The, the, the in Bruges director has a brother who pretty much sucks. The big one. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, he made this movie. He, he did The Guard with. Uh, I saw The Guard and it actually wasn't too bad. What's the though. Guard. Don Cheadle is like this FBI agent who goes to England, investigate some murder. And uh, Gleason, what's his name? Yeah, uh, Brendan Gleason. Brendan Gleason. Uh, there's also a Cal- Calvary. Another movie he made. Brendan Gleeson as well. Yeah. So he did War on Everyone. This film stars Michael Pena and... Alexander Skarsgård. Alexander Skarsgård as these two crazy cops who are super edgy, everybody. And the film lets you know how crazy and uh, how little of a fuck these cops give in the opening scene because they're chilling in their car and they see a mime and one of them turns to the other and says, hey, if you hit a mime... Does it make a sound? And then they floor their car and they drive into a mime and just fucking demo him and he pops over the windshield and he's hurt and bleeding. And they go, yep. What makes a sound? I'm I'm sorry. (laughs) That is Uh, terrible. That's good stuff, right, guys? That's horrible. Is that try- what? Is that trying? Cops, cops do that. <laughs> is that trying hard enough for you to be to be edgy? Or? It's like an what? everyday what? thing. I am. I. It's it's really brutal. Michael Pena is given nothing to work with here, and he's a really really talented, he's funny as comedic hell. actor. Yeah, he is. He is embarrassed by this script. Completely let down. Uh, the dialogue here is terrible. Tessa Thompson from Westworld's in this. She's she played the uh, sort of sexy. CEO girl who comes in and kind of wrecks shop towards the end of oh, okay, Westworld. Yeah. Oh, she was in Creed as well, right? Who looks way too young to be a CEO? Yeah, at Westworld board yeah. member. Yeah, uh, she's in this. There, there's a part where they're eating cheeseburgers at a murder scene. Isn't she his daughter? Thinking though? they're anyway. so cool. This this film is really bad, folks. Do not see okay, war on everyone. I, um, I don't even know what the actual plot is. It's it's that incoherent. Hmm. Uh, it involves maybe some sort of horse race that they're trying to yep. heist. Uh, they end up in Iceland for no reason. Well, who doesn't want to go to Iceland? Uh, maybe because they're in Albuquerque, and then it'd be like hilarious if we went to Iceland for a second. Oh, yeah, that that makes sense. It's, yeah. it's along the same reasoning as the mime. I get it. There's a yeah. specific logic at work in this mm. film. I, I don't know what the heist was supposed to be at all. Uh, it wants to be in Bruges and Seven Psychopaths, but it's... It's an embarrassment. So family dinner is just his brother going, man, you got, you suck at Guys, this. <laughs> it fucking sucks. War on everyone. Do not do it, kids. Yikes. Uh, do you have anything else, folks? Uh, I, based on everything that was going on, watched 
Singing in the Rain. Ooh, Debbie Reynolds. Whoa. Debbie Reynolds. Is she in that? Yeah. She's one of the stars. Wow, cool. Um, man, that movie is good. Uh, you guys don't really? really like musicals, so you probably wouldn't like it, but it's like a classic. These guys, like, uh, was, is it Cary Grant? What? No, what's his name? Hold on. I've got this up here. It's not Cary Grant. It's uh, Grace Kelly, isn't it? Grace Kelly. That's what I'm thinking of. Just spinning around on that. No, Grace Kelly. Hold on. No, no Gene like, Kelly. Gene, Gene Kelly. Kelly. Gene Kelly. I'm so bad with names. Sorry Gene, for but, but Gene Kelly and Debbie Reynolds. <laughs> Good God. These people. Uh, Gene Kelly is an amazing athlete. Like, you, you watch this and see all of the tap numbers that he pulls off, and you just. You're like, what the shit? Mm-hmm. I like when he was like, dancing with Tom and Jerry, right? Like, holy, holy crap. It's no good. one holds a candle to him. Uh, it's like Hail in, Caesar in movies these days. It's like Hail yeah. Caesar. Yeah, Channing Tatum's yeah. moves were yeah. dope. Jumping yeah. onto that submarine. It's uh, it's so good. I would, if you've never seen it, check it out. It's a, it's a very good classic tale because it's, uh, it's all about movie stars, um, making a transition from silent yeah. film. Yeah, to, it, it, it is yeah. pretty. Like, oh, cool. It, it transcends just being a regular musical. Yeah, because like, it, it, it's it's on lists of top movies ever made well it's so good because it's about the transition from so, so one movie star is huge but then they transition to sound because it's it's during that time mm-hmm. and she has the most annoying voice you've ever heard and can't really act so they get debbie reynolds who's pretty good to just voiceover so it's the like they're like hey mm-hmm. let's do a voiceover so in the film it's the first time anyone's ever been like hey we, we can do this wow and, and so that's pretty dope, actually. Yeah. It's a pretty good story going on, how that actress is really mad that someone else was her voice, because uh, no one told her that was going to happen, and she tries to take over the studio. Ah. Uh, so there's a lot going on there, and, and just a lot of really entertaining numbers. Like, it's just a fun movie to watch. Hmm. I, okay. I watch it every now and then. but It's it's not your first time. No, no. But, uh, it was just because, you know, Debbie Reynolds passed away yeah. and stuff, and <clears throat> I thought I would throw that on. Um, Rob, do you have anything else? Okay, well quickly we should be uh, okay i just want to read a couple things here i said i was going to read a few things <laughs> okay okay so my um i guess it's my mother-in-law uh, my girlfriend's uh, mom uh she sent me this on december 28th it's a very short little email to me and uh, Denise. it says hi uh robin denise i heard a short but interesting interview of kevin smith in which he in- was encouraging one and all to make podcasts on whatever is a person's expertise or interest sounds like a good idea mom that's what we'll, she said. We'll get it. right on that. So she was <laughs> well, like, "Well, you're here. <laughs> we did it." So she always does. Out of left field, always sends me things like That's this. That's funny. Yeah, she's she's a cool seventy one year old. There's people making money on YouTube now. I hear. Yeah, that's basically for, kind for of like now. A, yeah. And the other thing is, um, you know how Facebook always like uh, repost things that you put on there like eleven four years, years ago? ago. So four years ago, when I had uh, a fever. I um, had this cabin. dream. Yeah, I got I a had fever. A <laughs> I had a, like a fever. I woke up sweating, and I, I had this dream. So, and then I wrote down what I had in this dream. Mm-hmm. So, this is the dream that I had. Okay, in my dream, a critic, think David Hyde Pierce at his most annoying, <laughs> was on a TV program going arms deep into a, a review about a 1982 film called Base or Baseball. It doesn't exist. I searched. It starred a young Steve Buscemi, and apparently the performances were excellently calibrated, but the movie failed to deliver due to an unskilled young filmmaker. 
The critics sagged into a couple of mini reviews of how great Buscemi was in two other films, Alien and Metropolitan. I checked. He wasn't in either. (laughs) (laughs) But how he was largely overlooked because of the scene-stealing ensemble cast. He was perplexed by how those two films held together so well as they were tedious exercises in style as substance. This was in my dream. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) Then he started talking about how Steve's character in Bass or Baseball was a jazz bassist with a baseball scholarship, (laughs) obviously torn between (laughs) the wildly different lifestyles. (laughs) Oh, I want to see that. (laughs) (laughs) He went on to explain one of the montages, there are many, where the director (laughs) cuts back from a smoky club to a packed stadium. This sequence ends. Okay. This, this is everybody wants some. By the way, like this is the actual plot of everybody wants some. Isn't I, I he in music? So. Isn't he in music school? And he's on the baseball team or something? They had all that different interests. That I don't know. It was just a party weekend. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So this sequence ends in a home run synced to a thrilling, not really bass solo. A friend of his is struck too soon with olecranon bursitis. And so what that is, is like if you bruise your elbow or hit your elbow too much, it gets like swollen and stuff. I don't know anyone who's died by this, but anyways, in this movie, the guy dies. Die uh, it. it moved to his heart. Oh, I guess he falls, his, he falls on his, he falls on his elbow. It was acute. It's rookie of the year too. <clears throat> so he gets hit in the elbow, I guess, with the baseball and then, then he dies oh eventually. He hit him okay. so yeah. hard. And then one of his musician friends dies of a heroin overdose. Oh no. And then the same week. You'll be surprised by which characters are affected by these career-ending challenges. Wait, you won't. Most of this plot line is shoved down your throat in extended super slow-mo black and white sequences. Unfortunately, the director took it upon himself to write the faux avant-jazz score. Oh yeah, Steve was standing there off-screen the whole time with his arms folded and a contemptuous scowl on his face. Then I woke up, as you might be able to tell I'm very sick with a fever. I'm going to sleep to see how it ends. So this is what I, oh, I dreamt like four years ago. I want I want to see Alien starring Steve Muscemi. See, that's total yeah. dream logic. Like because he's the alien. You you would uh, the awake Rob would know immediately that wasn't true. Like you you know that would yeah. You you should wake up right away. This is a dream. Yeah. You know this logic is backwards. Unless you your temperature was so high you actually shifted into another reality. And this was actually there. Mm-hmm. And then yeah. you just came back. Which that is... other reality is called NyQuil. <laughs> yeah. And actually, um, the other, I'll t- I just had another dream the other night where I, I went to this hotel, which had a record store in the, on the main floor. Oh, and the that, ho- the oh, I ho- love when they have those. The whole hotel was, it was like a Bowie tribute hotel. So like what? in the record store, you, there was, like a, there was a Bowie, Bowie sort of party. And then on the third floor, you could pay $10 to go up there and then you could have a Bowie experience, but everyone was like, don't pay 10 bucks. Just go to the record store. Cause all they have is a recreation of one of Bowie's kitchens. So we didn't, I didn't go up there. <laughs> That's what everyone, is this in Graceland? Is this like Graceland? Like, yeah. you know, so you're you, had a, you had a dream about not visiting David Bowie's kitchen. A recreation of David Bowie's but kitchen. But then I go in, I'm, I go into the record store and I'm hanging out with Bill Murray, mm-hmm. and we're watching this, sure. and they said, okay, we're going to play a sneak preview of a video. And so in the video, 
Michael Shannon was playing uh, David Bowie. It's probably he so was good. also playing John Lennon. And he was also playing Mick Jagger. So they were all singing a song together on stage. It was all sort of like Michael Shannon. digitally. You should tweet Michael Shannon right now and ask him to do that because I would love to see that. He can text him. That's true. I, you do have I his have number. It, I have his number. Text right. Michael Sheen. Michael yeah. Shannon. Shannon. I See, I'm so bad with names. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so nice. Anyways, I'm watching it with uh, Bill Murray and I'm thinking, this is something Bill Murray would do. Like... Maybe he's going to be hypercritical of this because, and then I kept looking at Bill Murray and he was like, not impressed. And I was, lo- I was loving it. And I looked over at Bill Murray and he was just like, is he I ever, I would have done it very differently. He says, I would have done this very differently. Well, based on his musical Netflix yeah. thing, he would have done it wrong. Yeah, That was no good. So, yeah, but I think Rob, I, I think you should get, uh, and you should probably eat less cheese before bedtime. I heard that <laughs> gives you really weird dreams. Yeah. No, I think you should probably continue doing whatever you're doing. Write down all of your dreams, and then uh, we'll animate them, and we'll put them okay. up on YouTube. We'll put but, that put that weird spider web thing that they have in Strange Days to stick that on your head and, and record every thought that you have. Then I can play them back. But you know what's great is because after a Rogue One, we can see what they can do with digital um, animation. Now we can actually get a, a young Steve Buscemi to be in base or baseball. Like a twenty-two-year-old okay. yeah, Steve Buscemi, the, the, the nice. rules digitally re-enhance. You're right. You're right. So it can be a reality. Base they're, or baseball. Can they're be apparently uh, going to do that in Blade Runner too. There's rumors that they're bringing back an original character. Uh, what was her name? Um, I think they're bringing Rachel back. Probably okay. bringing. Hmm. What's her name? What's that actress's name? Sean Young. Sean Young. Yeah, yeah I think they're going to do some. Tarkin shit mm, in Blade wow. Runner. I don't. I don't know if it's we're there yet. I don't think we are. There's a really people are they're pissed. Mixed reactions to Tarkin. <laughs> it, it's they're so weird. I had no problem with Grand Moff Tarkin. Thought I thought funny. he looked yeah. great. I thought Leia looked way worse. Yeah. I I had no problem with him because I while I was watching the movie I didn't realize it. Same. And you know what? If it was put in your head beforehand, I think yeah, then you'd be looking for it. But I wasn't looking for it, and I was like. Didn't that guy die like twenty years, 20 ago? years ago? Peter Cushing's still alive. A lot of people did not know he was well, he was dead. So. But the thing about it is, <clears throat> if you're not looking for it, special effects look so much better yeah. than when you're looking for them. Like, yeah. so many things. Like in the, in a, in Arrival, all the helicopters were actually yeah. oh, everything CGI, yeah. not just the spaceships. Mm-hmm. But people think, oh, those are real helicopters, fake spaceships. Mm-hmm. No, all fake. Yeah, you know what? You know what has no fake spaceships? The movie Silence. Hmm. Really? I think I saw a different cut. Wow. <laughs> you <Yeah>. did? <laughs> Man, I kind of want spaceships in silence now. Oh, now it all makes sense. <laughs> right? What, what Did you have anything to add? You No, no. I was just going to say the people complaining about the whole uh, Tarkin thing, CCG every day of their life, prop, like gamers and... And effects movie yeah, buffs and stuff, I, and they're just like, "Oh, we could tell right away." So, so what? You do better. It still looks great. Yeah. So you know, it deal looked, with it. It looked amazing, and you know what? They're just idiots because, <laughs> honestly, I agree. If people if you, are way too harsh you on this movie, brought your grandparents to that. They had no idea. Well, I, I, no, I went with my or dad, someone who's not a yeah. A lot of people. My, had my no dad's sixty five. He knows who Peter Cushing is. He's like, I, I thought Peter Cushing was dead when yeah. we came out. Yeah, but, uh, so. but you just watched him in a movie, and it was so believable. <laughs> yeah. There was no um, uncanny, uncanny valley at all. I think there was, but I, I, I got over it. I'm, yeah. I, I'm it okay still, with it. It was still great. You know, guys, we got to get a bit serious here.
because silence is super fucking heavy. Yeah, there's yeah, no joking. Like we gotta kind of like calm down. Let's not. Well, are we? Are we going to be get silly with this review? I don't think no, we can. Not really. Ichijiro is a bit funny. Like when he comes back like the fifth time, he just wants to be saved, and then he feels guilty Forgive again, me. and then he's pretty hilarious. Padre. Yeah, you know, movies. Padre. Like, they need some. They need some comedy in them, though. To I know, but yeah. that's, that's the thing, right? You can just be an idiot and then confess, and then be an idiot again, and then confess, and just keep. Oh, yeah. I want more peaks and valleys, man. I want my emotions all over the that's, place. That's yeah. the beauty of the Republican Party. It, there's a beauty to the Republican. Yeah, I'm, can, I'm not sure I follow. You can confess and oh, then you can do yes. bad things. You can confess, do right. bad things. Let's review silence immediately. Do it. speak to me. You have no right to speak to me. Oh, I do. Because you are just like me. You see Jesus in Gethsemane and believe your trial is the same as his. Those five in the pit are suffering too, just like Jesus. But they don't have your pride. They would never compare themselves to Jesus. Do you have the right to make them suffer? I heard the cries of suffering in this same cell. And I acted. You excuse yourself! You excuse yourself! That is the spirit of darkness! <laughs> What would you do for them? Pray? And get what in return? Only more suffering. A suffering only you can end. Whoa. Not God! <laughs> I pray too, Rodriguez. It doesn't help. Go on. Pray. But pray with your eyes open. So that was a clip from Silence. In the 17th century, two Jesuit priests face violence and persecution when they travel to Japan to locate their mentor and propagate Catholicism. Nailed it. That's it. Nailed it. Silence is directed by Martin Scorsese, and it stars Andrew Garfield, Adam Driver, Liam Neeson, Tadanobu Asano, Kieran Hines, Isai Ogata, uh, and Yosuke Kubo, Kubozuka nailed them all. Nice, nailed Good them all. Japanese. Uh, yeah, let's yeah, go with that. You, you, you got him. <laughs> um, so yeah, this this movie was 161 minutes. It's two hours and 41 minutes long. <clears throat> Fuck it's long. that. Yeah, it's very long. This film is for sure a double black diamond. It's pretty right. Pretty. Uh, yeah, I would say so. Like, this Rich. one is not something you can just throw out a huge blanket recommendation to. This is not like a light, throw this on, you know, on a Saturday morning. Yeah. It's, it's not like the guys from your, like, hockey club are going to go and see a movie. The guys you play, mm-hmm. you know, hockey with. Well, and, and also, it's not one that you can just recommend to anybody. It's also nope. an hour mm-hmm. too long. <laughs> uh, so before we get into the review, though, I do want to read something that just hit the web this week. Mm. An interesting little anecdote. Mm. 
This is in the Daily Mail. A uh, pensioner spends years praying to a model of St. Anthony until she's told it's a Lord of the Rings figurine. I saw this in the news. Yeah, it was Elrond. <laughs> mm-hmm. So an elderly woman accidentally spent years praying to a Lord of the Rings figure after confusing it for a saint. <laughs> Old people are wacky, man. This this Brazilian woman discovered. Yep. Old people are wacky. There was also um, a, a one of five of these rare five-pound notes. Uh, I believe it had, I can't remember whose, but it had someone's portrait on it. It was this very rare <coughs> cop, or not copy, but very, super rare. Worth okay. tens of thousands of pounds now. Yeah. Uh, and it got sent to someone in a Christmas card this year. Mm-hmm. Like it turned, they they were like, "Wow, this is interesting." And they went and got it looked at, and it was this incredibly rare, like needle in a haystack find. Everybody was blown away. Okay, is that related to Christianity in any way, or no? Just another no. okay <laughs> re- coincidence. Segway. Thanks, thanks a million. That's. Uh... <laughs> Real good. It's now what, we're, I do that. We're, we're kind of just now lost uh, in the jungle, guys. Yeah, in the jungles so of Japan. That here. was our review of Silence. <laughs> yeah, that was. Um, so yeah, this this film is a heavy ass, dramatic, you know, period piece look at Christianity in Japan. This is some heavy stuff. It's not really though. It's, it doesn't really not, look much at Japan. It doesn't look at Japan. No, or Christianity in Japan. Really interesting, guys. What did y'all think? Of silence, Mike. You got some thoughts. I oh, think. as I said, as I said, when it was an hour too long, I meant it. Like to me, this boils down to uh, a Japanese inquisitor telling Andrew Garfield that he should apostatize, so you know, renounce his faith, uh, and Andrew Garfield saying, "No, do it. No, do it. No, do it. No." That's the movie. <laughs> Like, the idea is um, he and Patterson, the bus driver from Patterson, are off to try and find Qui-Gon Jinn and make sure that if he did apostatize, they're going to try and save his soul, but they can't believe this Liam Neeson, their mentor, who taught them the faith, could possibly have done it. This is episode eight. Yeah. uh, (laughs) But it's just, it is too slow. Like, when I say it's just a back and forth, that's really all it is. And I think maybe I don't like this movie as much as some other people would uh, because I'm sick and tired of movies where Christians are being persecuted. I want to see a movie where Christians are persecuting people. Like, we have an overload of these. Yeah, we get it. Christians, a lot of people are persecuted throughout history. Why do we get so many out of Hollywood where it's straight up Christians are suffering? Also, why is Andrew Garfield Jim Caviezel now? He's doing all these religious things. And it's bugging me. When you said that, it dawned on me that... So he did Hacksaw Ridge playing a Christ-like figure. And here he is in silence playing a, playing a Christ-like figure. Or what was it? He was figure. a Seventh-day Adventist in uh, Hacksaw Ridge. Yeah. yeah. And uh, he's a Jesuit in in this one. Both strong in their faith. <clears throat> uh, and do we know anything about about Andrew Garfield as a person? I, I think he... Is he Jewish, I think? I, I don't know. I don't... Yeah, I'm not really sure. It, it, was, it was just maybe poor timing, and they absolutely had nothing to do with each other. Mm-hmm. The fact that Hacksaw Ridge came out a month and a half, two months ago, and then this comes out in wide release. It's just an overload of Andrew Garfield playing a very, very religious characters. 
But you can you guys have to agree his hair is divine. It is heavenly. It's true. It's true. Um his beard doesn't is not so much. No, but his no. his hair <laughs> is from a gift from God. Did anyone yeah, else it, find the it flows, especially when it's they perfectly manicure it at oh, times. Oh yeah, it looks it, good. It, 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 yeah, let's there, not there, forget there, his team. There's no uh, way his hair would look that good if he didn't have blow dryers somewhere in Japan. It, it, it's, it's killing Mel Gibson's lethal weapon yep, haircut. It's feathered as fuck. Anyway, um <laughs> did anyone else find that is it just me? Like, did, did it seem to take forever to amount to almost nothing? Because there there's a huge buildup here about him trying to keep the faith in the face of overwhelming opposition. People just telling him over and over to give it up. It's just, you know, it's, it's just a show. You don't have to do anything. It's a formality. You can still, in your heart, if you want, still be Christian, but you got to show all of these people in Japan that are Christians that no priests are giving it up. So, you know, just follow the law of the, of the land. Do do it. And that, that was two hours and 40 minutes of someone of basically what could have been a conversation at a table. Uh, because when the climax does arrive, it just felt, I was burnt out. When you say, that was happening. when you say the climax, are you talking about the, the, the scene that's silent? Yes. That I think. When, uh, when, yeah, it's it's interesting. Because it, this is based on a novel, right? And and apparently in the novel, you get all kinds of insight and and you look at the the character's thoughts during all of these moments of silence. Oh, that would actually probably so be much better. We watch better. this as a film and it's... Um, He's trying to convey all these emotions. Well, it's left to you as a viewer. End. I think it's a much, it's a, it's a much different... Experience uh, altogether yeah he's saying different things than than the novel is by by leaving it to us and by his choice of not including a score i just uh perhaps i didn't understand the message that scorsese was trying to convey here because towards the end it it devolved into a historical account from a dutch trader of these priests in japan but leading up to that was a completely different movie well, it begins as some sort of account from Father Ferreira's perspective as he's setting up the, you know, the Inquisition or whatever, and, you know, why they're getting boiling water poured over their I mean, there's a lot of horrific stuff that happens here, and, uh, I mean, that's necessary to show what was going on, but we talked about this before we started recording. It just seems so one-sided. Like, I, I really, I can't get into it because it seems so pointed saying, once again, these people people are being persecuted for their faith yeah like it's trying to get me on for absolutely no reason like the yeah. the the portuguese are so innocent like why would why would you uh torture them like giving us no backstory giving us no um possible other scenarios like oh because buddhist people are pretty kind forgiving like that the religion is not it's not a, a it violent particularly it, violent religion and it doesn't prohibit syncretism which is like practicing more than one religion yeah so like you so, could really be a buddhist Christian. so it wasn't really the buddhist it was like the government that was imposing this and while i was doing some reading about it i was like well why were they like <clears throat> why can't you just have people you know having christianity in the country what's the matter but they were saying that they weren't okay. The Portuguese were not given enough money really to survive by the church, so they were becoming traders. They were allowing them to trade 
with Japan and to get in the good graces of the um, the Jesuit priests, they would convert to uh, Christianity so that they could get access to these goods that other people that weren't Christians were not. And then so and at one point they were getting saltpeter for gunpowder, apparently, to help with the weapons to build up their weapons. So they'd say, OK, we're going to become Christians so that we can trade with the Jesuit priests so we can get these weapons and we'll be, you know, power, more powerful military. But one scenario I was reading about the reason why that they um, wanted to get rid of Christianity is because they thought they were corrupt they were, and they didn't want this in their country because they were basically using Christianity as a tool to make money for all these trading deals that they had. That was one pot. That's what I read. Mm. So that might have been why they were torturing them is because they're saying you're twisting this religion. This isn't what, what Christianity in theory is good, but what your version of it is not because mm-hmm. you're mixing it with commerce. Well, and the, and the borders were shut yeah. down or are very tightly controlled. That's why at the end they're showing this whole sequence of it's almost like the TSA you know, in yeah. the, the, in the 1600s, coming. yeah, they're they're literally doing like baggage check and stuff for yeah, Christian, Christian for, for, Christ, Christian. for, for Christian items, right? They're confiscating anything with crosses hidden in it. Um, so yeah. for them, I guess Christianity was corruption. They felt it was a it was corrupting their society, so that's why they didn't want it in their society. I, that's it, maybe one of the reasons. To connect to that, like it, it, it's interesting. Like to sort of counter to what we were saying about not seeing much of the Japanese side, um, I think it does sort of underscore the fact that Japan is this like small island nation. So it has to to protect its own identity. It's sort of necessarily through time because it's you know far older than something like Canada. For for reference, many things are, <laughs> or or the United States. Um, the, it feels really primordial, right? The the island emerging out of the mist and everything. It's, it's, it's so old, it's ancient, and, and, you know. But it's Japanese, yeah. you know. We think of Japan, and it has this strong identity, and to to have maintained that through time when facing invasion from China and other outside forces, you know, like you have to be skeptical and sort of somewhat xenophobic, and so it's not surprising that they would be resistant to this foreign uh, religion coming in, especially if, if you know, there's a potential that it's being abused by this, this group to, uh, but it had thrived and they even talk about a movie it had thrived for years. There was hundreds of thousands of people who had converted to Christianity. So the Portuguese must've done something really nasty for the government to finally say, let's not have Christianity in here anymore. And we aren't hearing that side of it. The Shimabura Rebellion, I think. Yeah, is. And, and what I miss is that there was some good conversations throughout the film um, with the interpreter guy. Yeah. Who was the voice. <clears throat> He's uh, a really great foil uh, to yeah. the Inquisitor. Well, and then going back and forth, talking about, you know, sort of why we're doing this. Why are you holding on so hard? Why are you allowing, uh, by not apostatizing, you're allowing all of these people to die. You're doing this. Which drives me crazy. Like, not once did Andrew Garfield say, "No, you're doing this." Like, that seems like a, a reasonable response. Like, what do you yeah. mean I'm doing this? You guys are choosing to do this. It's mm-hmm. not me. Um, yeah, but at the same time, all Garfield has to do is like Garfield yes. has the power to stop it at any time. And that's what I wanted to see because I don't think it portrayed 
logical thought very well, which I guess might not have a place in a movie about trying to keep the faith. Well, that's well, exactly. I, I, is, I don't know that faith, this movie is there any logic to faith. Probably, you know, you could argue. To me, this no. this isn't about faith. It's about pride, and and it's about Andrew Garfield. It's or uh, what's his name? He, uh, Rodriguez. Rodriguez. It's his pride. His pride. Yeah. He's like. You believe this is his selfishness versus selflessness? Yeah. He's, I don't understand where so, you're... So he's trying to... When he first sees that they're persecuting the, the hidden Christians there because he's there, not because of... You know, they've already renounced, but they're persecuting them because of him. Mm-hmm. This is... He, he doesn't renounce because he's like, oh, it's more important. My faith is more important than these people. So he's wrestling with, is it okay for me to allow them to suffer because the alternative is me giving up what I believe in? Can we just jump into spoilers? Do we have to... I don't think there are any really, right? Okay. So, sorry, carry on. I just wanted to double check because <laughs> I'm going to have a comment here in a minute. Um, so, that, so that's what, it, what, I, what I mean when I say I think it's about pride because he is prideful at first. And uh, that's what the, the translator says. He's like, he's arrogant. So it means he'll fall. Um, okay, and he's right. That's it's it's out of pride. I think that that he's there. And to me, this is an interesting movie because it's it's from a, a Catholic. So it, Martin it looks, yeah, it looks at these sort of issues that are not really black and white. But he's trying to make you, at the end of the day, come out thinking that like the Christians were the ones, you know, they were suffering and yada da. And but like there's no when there's well, a really telling line where in in the film where he says like you know they ask us to think about what Jesus would do and he's like what would Jesus do if he saw these people suffering it's like yeah like uh, it's like hold on well, the guys, very first di- I'm not going to help like, you out at all oh you're they're killing you um I did you want me to step on this thing like I'll st- okay like give it to me I'll step on it yeah, right now it, Jesus um who can he confess to though well like Jesus gave up his life, so it seems like such a, a fallacy to think that he wouldn't sacrifice <clears throat> his own, whether ideals or whatever, to help people out. Like I don't understand yeah, how he, the, his character can be such a devout Christian. Mm-hmm. But you're I, right; it is. I pride. have to just give a disclaimer, though. Like I have a fundamental issue with like Orthodox religious people who depend on ritual and that sort of thing to to be faithful. Like if if you can't be faithful for you know like because of uh, you don't have the right stuff or you're you can't you're not in the right place that to me is not it has no real place you know like religion is just about what you believe so i i think that if he wants to step on a thing to show to stop these people from suffering go ahead and step on it Cannot, can't they? Can't I know they it's confess. more complicated because he's a representative of the Jesuit Church. But, but, can, and can, it, but can't they all just step on it and then just confess? Like he can just get them out of this loophole. It's like, oh, you didn't really mean it. You were under, you know, I have a confession under duress. Yeah, exactly. Father, I have sinned. What's what's your sin? Well, I, you know, they were going to kill me, so I, I, you know, apostasy. I, 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 yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I pretended well, to to renounce God, but I really didn't mean to, and I, I feel guilty now. So please, you know, with anything, you can just get give confession and your sins are wiped away. Well, one thing I was Aren't thinking they? of it sort of came to me now is, mortal sin. is this film might be a metaphor for Scorsese's career. He might be the Rodriguez character and this might be how he feels about 
being a religious person in Holly in the Hollywood system and how he's fighting with his own faith. So basically the the person they're going looking for is maybe uh when he was young a mentor of some type, a a filmmaker who who basically changed his ideas about, you know, made a film that didn't maybe wasn't true to his roots or, you know, authenticity. Sold out. Yeah, so Do and you know then, who and then there's that scene where they're taught when he finally meets Liam Neeson and he's like, You did this, you did that. It's almost like the film versus digital argument. <laughs> you mean you use digital. No. Damn it. You use film. How can you be a filmmaker if you're not using film? Well, and there's that's their doctrine and that's their dogma. Do you know who yeah. was originally gonna play the Liam Neeson character? Who? Daniel Day Lewis. Oh god damn. Oh really? God damn it. Yeah. Wow, and then he said, "No, I'm not going to be." A well, there was, it was delayed too many times, yeah. and it didn't fit. Yeah, um, and also, but when, but when you Rodriguez, think of it, like Gail Garcia Bernal. Oh, really? Yeah. Well, makes that would have made sense, sense because okay, Liam Neeson um, and Andrew Garfield don't scream Portuguese to me. Yeah, that it, I didn't like, like that's their a little... strange little. Uh, affectation and, if, like and, the it, and it seemed um, it, it seemed a little strange when you realize that that whenever a japanese character is speaking quote-unquote english they're actually conversing in portuguese right so these all these japanese christians yeah. they never learned english obviously why would they they, no. they this is all happening in portuguese but it's we're, we're hearing it in english uh, i mean that yeah that added but, a little bit of a weird element to the to the sort of theme of translation that already exists in the movie. But, but that, you know, when you look at it in a level like that, it's almost like another metaphor for the film is like, he's to be a pure filmmaker. You would have to have Portuguese actors in there, but he's not using Portuguese actors, but yet the message is coming through the message. The like Christianity, you know, Christianity, the message can come through in many ways. It doesn't have to be a pure form, but if as long as people in their hearts feel it, you know, it's like that's kind of another metaphor, I think, for this film is like uh, you can't be tied to exactly what was written in the Bible. You have to change it to the world. The world is not. Um, Don't tell a Protestant that. No, but the, I mean, I think that's kind of the message of the film is like I yeah, agree. these people are dying. He, at one point, uh, Rodriguez says, stamp on it, stamp on it. Like, you know. I won't stamp on it, but you have. I want you to save your life, so you can be less of a Christian to save your life. But I'll yeah. burden the the torture. I found that very interesting, where he would readily tell the Japanese villagers, "No, just do it. It's fine." Uh, but he himself would not. Well, that's because of the symbolic nature of it. Like he didn't want to undermine the spread of Christianity. He didn't want to be the symbol that the Japanese he's wanted a, he's him to be. A, he's a priest of all people. He can't do it, right? He he can't renounce the, the Yeah, that that defeats Christianity all if he of the, does it. All of the peasants, you know, they can they can confess their sins, but he's a priest, right? Who can he who who can wash his sins away? No one. I guess so yeah. God on the metaphor side of things, this is just a metaphor for the world as is right now. Like Christianity is causing pain to a lot of people, so maybe we should all just well, I silent. Think, I, I think <laughs> to, to what Rob was saying. I think the film, the film's core message is it, it's a it's confronting sort of a universal question um, that we all sort of have. I think about religion is um, how can one god or religion be 
the absolute truth when when the the world holds so many different like vastly different beliefs right so when you think about how many different religions there are then you sort of then realize that then okay well how can we all be right at the same time you know yeah and like when they keep saying didn't they say japan was a swamp where christianity cannot grow yeah and it's poisoned yeah. And, well, and and he's Garfield's Rod, reply. Rodriguez is arguing that the the Japanese government is it's cutting the roots, is poisoning the soil so that yeah, I don't it cannot grow. But you know, I don't know that that's with this movie. I still think this movie is about like it's called Silence, and I think that's because it's Garfield wrestling with trying to determine if his choice to allow these Christians to suffer while all he hears is silence from his God, like that's to me. Yeah, the the God is there. There may not be a God, and he's like, or God is not speaking to him. He does not. Like yeah. he keeps saying, "If you're there, God, why do you let this happen?" Why? Mm-hmm. And you hear that time and time again, mm-hmm. in, especially in these religious movies. Like, give me a sign, give me a sign, and there never seems to be a sign for him, does there? Well, well in this one, when Jesus speaks voices. to him. Yeah. <laughs> And, just and, step on me. Yeah, it's Martin, okay. Martin Scorsese is the voice of Jesus. I when, don't know who does the voice. When, but he, like, when he stares into the river and he sees the face of Jesus in his reflection, and then I was hoping for it to turn to the Ecce Homo uh, Spanish fresco that got completely botched by that, that woman nun but, in, Japan, in uh, <laughs> Spain. But the message that it, you know, God speaks to him and says, step on me, like it's... He, well, it, like, it makes sense, right? Like Jesus was sent to the earth to bear man's burden so like literally step on me i will bear your weight see i I think the message would have been better if they didn't have the voices at the end because it it, the theme being all about well yes struggling with this not hearing anything do i want to maintain this course do I, i stick with it do i follow my faith and then having the whole, yeah, step on me and then at the end he's like i've always been with you in the silence beside you i'm always there like that really undermines. That's pretty lame. That's a pretty lame you. friend, you know. Honestly, well, yeah, but, and like it's. I mean, that's the whole thing is where it's the mind tricks you have to play on yourself to become a, a devout Christian. And why would God? Why would God test your faith in such a twisted and, and punishing way? You know, like and the, and the horrific ha- image of the person with their head cut off and dragging that person with their head cut off, like they kept showing that, you know. Yeah, and I believe the, the 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 actual ending is fairly ambiguous too. Like when we see the funeral at, right right at the end of the film, uh, how ambiguous it shows across in his hand when they go the in end. there. Yeah, but that doesn't tell you what he's thinking, right? Like that doesn't mean that he. It, it might mean that he was, you know, it it held a place in his heart because some central tenet or something. But it doesn't really like I would really want to read the book now. I want to. I want to know. Yeah. Well, did you read about um, the guy that wrote the book? He was a Catholic Japanese person who lived in France and what felt like an outsider in France and felt like an outsider in Japan because he's, everyone thought he was just regular Japanese person when he was in France. But he's, he's like, I'm a Catholic. I'm just like you. But no one embraced him that way. And then when he was in Japan, he, you know, it was everyone was, he was Buddhist. This weird Catholic. So yeah. he was this weird. So he never felt. So he wrote the book trying to show how you know he was you know i guess trying to get in the mindset of what they were like in the 1600s like maybe he felt sort of the way these jesuit priests did in 
I think I we, don't know. I just think the film took far too long and focused too much mm-hmm. on leading up to his decision to, to apostatize. Like, and, I, and it's it's really needlessly repetitive. Yeah, exactly. Like it wastes so much time. That's why I say it could cut out an hour. Um, like, and, the, and how much of that would just be torture of Japanese? Well, that and it's the same plot points visited over and over. Like, I mean, it, like each yeah. hero. In different ways. Like, yeah. okay, Leaving so they're burning back. some people, but then yet those people were being on the crosses in the water. So it's just slight variations of different types of torture. And then holding them upside down. You know, it's yeah, like, like it's yeah. all the same thing, just with a, a, a slight variance. It yeah. doesn't need. <clears throat> we, we, we keep sort of emotionally testing uh, Rodriguez. But it's they keep uh, well, it's very devious, right? Like they keep letting him, letting them develop attachments. He's like, no, give them three days, so, and then it gives them three days, and the people are like, oh, we'll take care of you. We'll we'll uh, you know we'll feed you and clothe you, and you can have our food because we just love you. And then after three days, they're like, no, we'll take us, take us. So this and is the, like, the Inquisitor. Oh, God damn. Now we have to watch the people that are really took care of us suffer. Like we developed this emotional bond with the villagers and now they're going to murder them. Oh, how come we didn't see this coming for the third time? But yeah. And that was the whole thing about the film is like, are you going to be a good person or a good Christian? Like it's just, there's, there was always this, um, battle, you know, it was like, or do you want these people to suffer needlessly with, you could, Say one word and it would save their well, lives. And, and 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 their their mere presence in Japan puts lives at risk. And I thought yeah. that the, the film, the may, army of two, the film maybe could have could have benefited from focusing on that a little bit more. Like these guys, just by the sheer fact of them setting foot in Japan and being Jesuit priests, you know, they they they're seen as you know spreaders of of poison or whatever. You know, like they're a threat to so many people, and they're. Immediately, there's a th- bounty of 300 silver pieces. Silver pieces, man. That's yeah. the top of the line bounty for these guys. So, but he- heavy the, on the, the Judas, uh, the Judas guy. What was his name? Ichijiro. Um, yeah, he's so great. So the thing is, Ichijiro. You could look at him as almost the person that was like the everyman. Is like, yeah, in this crazy situation, you're gonna fold. You know, it's like you're not gonna. It's just like, dude, this is too much. I can't handle it. I'm out of here. Well, he that's was, it. You know? Like the human to me, yeah, he, he was would, the guy that yeah. acted normal. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But they think he was the Judas, but he's not. He's like, yeah, not everyone's going to be going to the, these outlandish, you know, yeah. lengths to you know fight for the religion. Everybody is heavily under it's, the influence yeah. of of faith in this movie, yeah. right? Like they they're drunk on faith juice. Well, this yeah. is well, like people dying for their faith. Like I just, I'm like, well, and come uh, on, you well, can believe it. Just lie. What I wanted, I what I really wanted to see more of, exactly. which was only they had like a small little bit of it in this film, was when the couple with the baby had it baptized. Like, and we're in paradise now, basically. And uh, Adam Driver's like, "No, what are you? What are you crazy?" And then later in the film, Liam Neeson's like, "These people don't even understand the religion the way we do. Like, they're mm-hmm. they're they not separated. They from, have a twist. They can't think beyond you know, the natural world. What this yeah. reminded me of they're is um, animal, animistic." Yeah, and they're yeah. handing them they're handing yeah. them little uh, trinkets, you know, small little crucifixes and small little religious items, and yeah, that's the, they're so, just they're just into collecting so to, little trinkets. Well, to be in the kingdom of God would be while you're living, worshiping God, right? It's not heaven, is it? Like, from, based on what the film was showing me, these people just thought that like this was it. Uh, I, well, they have to. A lot of them were. They all thought different stuff. They yeah. were all confused. Like they're all just. 
I would have loved Japanese villagers separated from Rome by unimaginable like time and distance. I, I would have and, loved and, to see yeah. that more. Like that is why Ferrera apostatized because he just saw that it was useless. I wanted to. He just told us for like for a few scenes that that's what was going on. I wanted to see stuff like that more. And then he just stayed in Japan because he was too embarrassed to go back. Well, I think he he realizes that finding God is is sort of like the Japanese have successfully contacted God in a better way than Christianity has. You know, by sort of uh, in in the Buddhist way, coming to terms with oneself. Right. In, instead of, I think actually like, he recants. I might. I don't. I'm trying to remember, but I think I might have read somewhere that he recanted at the end, and and was admitted to being a lifelong Christian, and then they tortured him until he died. Okay. Yeah. Well, the, it, the movie doesn't mention that. Oh, it, really? He died. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it, but it's it's that comparison between Buddhism and Christianity, right? Letting go of illusions versus this is embracing like a true based on true events too. By the way. This Did whole, this? Yeah, 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 for sure. Real Portuguese Based guys. Based on, that's like, because it became at the end, the journal of the traitor that had the facts. And before yeah. that, it was all just... We jumped he- around. It was just hearsay, because they, well, they'd heard just... about the apostate priests, but is this really how it went down? It there was two real Jesuits that went to Japan. Yeah, but I mean... there was a real apostate named Ferreira. Yeah, but was there like happy fun time with the tides and fire and stuff we have i mean i don't know you probably took some liberties i didn't do the research um <laughs> do you guys like the inquisitor character yes Did this, um yeah this guy I, with the huge big well, buck teeth he, he looks was, like a looney tunes he looked character. like a weasel looney tunes yeah i think he was a little him. bit too much of a caricature i, I have caricature could, right here i have racist caricature yeah right i just here. think that it's kind of like and the way he even sat down and there's a scene where he deflates that i thought yeah. looks unbelievable yeah deflates is exactly the word he, like, he's very physical um he's he's sort of chuckling and bouncing his head up and down he looks like some sort of little rabbit he looks like yo, uh, yo, uh, 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 yeah yo, but to me yo that Jimbo, comes across do you remember from ninja turtles usagi yojimbo yes yeah yeah uh, no, to me, that comes across as very intentional on the Inquisitor's part. Like, people yeah. won't take him quite as seriously as they should if he's just this bumbling old fool. He's a Christoph and Waltz de- kind of character. And Deception was sort yeah, of the from, name uh, of the game. Yeah, Bastards. Like, in the world of the samurai, Deception was sort of the name of the game. You never really show what you really want to do. So, being like this... Well, that's not just samurai. That's Japanese culture. That goes back yeah. to what I was saying about the island... Uh, small island is mentality. Like, what is if it, you drunken live, master? <laughs> if you live with a, a large number of people in a small space, one way to get along is to just always, per- like, and you have a big boss in charge that can, you know, discipline you if you act out of line. One way for everyone to get along is to just hide your real feelings and and show this facade, this false front. So that so I loved that because then with the deflation it was sort of like okay real talk now yeah yeah he's like let all right let's keep it real yeah well and I thought the dialogue that sort of happened the wordplay I I kind of liked all of that um I mean I'm I'm not a huge fan of this movie I th- I think it's decent it's not great it's good but I thought the script is pretty damn tight especially when they start getting into the nitty gritty I mean when they start. When you start busting down religions and having like a bit of a religion tete-a-tete, you know, a one-on-one, like I'm, I'm into ringing the bell and throwing some religions into the ring and seeing who comes out on top. And yeah. I, I did like some of the sort of innuendos that we get. 
and and the the layer the matter metaphor sort of layered on top of each other where we're talking about tree roots and then we start converting to wives, wives and having different concubines is the different yeah. kinds of religions it was interesting that we're having. comparing christianity to a barren wife yeah it gets really uh, it gets really deep well, in metaphor but, here. and but not none of this it's interesting right because this was very like nationalistic talk it wasn't actually religious talk none of them none of this had anything to do with dogma no like none of them were talking about well christ this and well buddha that like they kind of referenced a little bit like the translator at one point talks about like buddha was a man that anyone can try to become and that's it it's yeah yeah it's the difference that christianity is seeking to become closer to god and then buddhism is seeking to become to closer to, to one's, godhood and well, and to well, become closer to nature. oneself and yeah. nature well too. it's it's about the, like in christianity you can see god all around you but in buddhism what you see all around you is illusion and you have to transcend this reality mm-hmm. to to meet god and they so, see christianity as part of that illusion yeah what you're actually like worshiping in christianity is is something that you strive to stop striving for in buddhism and also, yeah, anyways, I don't yeah. want to get into it. <laughs> we're already deep into it, man. Yeah. Which uh, makes um, sense as to why they were trying to get Christianity out of the country. Guys, Adam Driver is kind of scary in this movie. He yeah. looks like a fucking ghost. I'm, He's very... How could he yeah. have been a military guy when he looks so gaunt? Well, there's anguish and pain on his entire body and face is... Do we need this? It hurts. Once again, method acting, here's a question. Do you need to look like you're a starved war refugee to pull that off? Especially if it's one scene that he's led up the beach and mm-hmm. then... Yeah. No, you don't. That didn't add anything he, to the movie. He actually had the chest of an 80-year-old man. Like a at concave. One point. Did you see that? That chest of an 80-year-old man? Yeah. When he had his shirt open, I'm like, what? Did they put some CGI No, stuff? I think he or, lost about like, 50 he, pounds. He lost so much weight. It, it was... His chest terrified me the most. So did did his death sequence work for you guys? I, I don't know. I, I don't think it worked How, how at would all. you drown yes. like that? Like just... And, it was you know clumsy what? and if awkwardly you got stuck ex- with a pole. Are you going to drown? Well, he was yes. super skinny. He was, so I think I totally bought this. Does he and basically me, this commit because, suicide? Yes, almost. Because so again, to me, this is about pride. Because both of these guys basically almost like want to become martyrs when they leave at the beginning. They're like they they know they're going to suffer and they might die. So and he just kind of just like her body. Be, becoming a martyr is a is a good way to go. So they don't really mind it happening and. Rodriguez wants it more so when Garpe is walking up the beach and he sees him die in front of him that's even more painful because he's jealous yeah he is jealous and he doesn't want to admit to himself that he's jealous that's why one of the reasons that he's so broken up but when you see Garpe coming up the beach and he's so emaciated and he's been tortured probably and like he's just a mess and then he swims swimming is exhausting it's I'm, true. Not I'm not, for, not, I'm not exaggerating. Not for me. I don't know how far, but he he swims a good distance from shore. Like he wades in. He's wearing pants. Okay. Those are heavy, and he swims out to a boat. They've they've taken a boat out quite a distance. Those pants were made out of material that sponges are made out of. By the way, yeah. And they've wrapped up sponge and, and, then, and, then and he's they're dumping them to, in the water. He's trying to rescue this woman who's wrapped up in a a, cl- a, a yoga blanket mat. that's a yoga probably mat. soaked in water now. And a guy's trying to push them both down. He's exhausted. I totally bought that he's he's willfully like be, 
as he's martyring himself essentially you know I, I i got that i don't think the movie executed it very well like if if his if if garupe's decision there that, is to essentially sort of bear hug one of the other christians that are that are sacrificed they are sacrificing. Oh no, I he was trying to like untie her and get her out but i don't think the whole w- scene felt really hollow though but, it, but yes it, that's what it, it didn't that didn't work for me there was no emotional resonance i understand why he was there but it was sort of like hey see you later bud okay yeah, oh no shit, sp- you're back no oh, score you're dead. again all we have to it's really interesting this movie like the the there's the like lack of very music. little music yeah, yeah. Right? or yeah. none it's very dire i don't and, remember hearing any but i hear robbie robertson from the band did the score for it <laughs> like he apparently did what? but i don't remember hearing he's any. just tight with scorsese yeah so maybe he just gave him a, a credit um i i i guess garupe's death noises i i just wasn't sure what what even his intention was i, I don't think it looked like it didn't look like he was trying to save them it it, it looked like he he wanted to die for God, just like they were. It was an impossible, and he was tired of being a slave and being tortured. And says, "Well, hell, if those people are are getting sacrificed, like, I'm going to try and save her, even though it's impossible." So, yeah, I'm wh- gone. What's the tactical decision here? Because uh, if they can't get Andrew Garfield to apostatize, they're sort of fucked. Because they let the other priest that they would love to apostatize and lead by example die. Like, it doesn't make any sense to me that they would let him just go and drown. Because they're trying to send a message to the rest of the country. Mm-hmm. Like, really? You're, you're yeah, gonna... we'll kill... The basic, they'll take a responsibility for killing him. No. Totally. No, no. Well, he died in our custody. <laughs> That's what happens to Christians. Yeah, but they want him to apostatize. So, yeah. if Andrew Garfield doesn't, wouldn't it make sense to not put all your chickens in one ba- eggs in one basket? Yeah. I see what you're saying. Yeah, they, they like, don't want you to die for your god. No, they don't want you to be a martyr. They want you to yeah. give up the faith. So it just doesn't make sense to me that they're like, okay, what up, Andrew Garfield? You I think know what's going to work? They're more concerned. They're happier that he dies than they are concerned with him becoming a martyr. Mm-hmm. Because uh, they know they're the last. They know, like they know that Jesuits are not really coming. So why the fuck did they just not kill Andrew Garfield at the start of the movie? Because <laughs> if they can get you to apostat- apostatize. It's very powerful. Yeah, so at this point, he said no a few times. Just like, just the logic in the storytelling this, here he, doesn't make Mike sense. Mike really didn't. Gu- yeah. Guys, do you do you want a uh, Fumie icon in your uh, front hall? Because I kind of do. I, when you come into my like, house, you so, kind of got to walk. Yeah, you yeah got, I want you one on the inside of the door. Right yeah. when you walk into the house on the, welcome, awesome. on the welcome mat, there's a metal Fumie icon. Uh, you know, basically icon of of the Virgin Mary, yeah, Jesus. Want... Anyone who comes into my house has to renounce God. Atheists only in in my house. I want to welcome <laughs> Matt on the outside of the door. They could probably a sell a lot of those. Inside. Like you know those knife the knife shops where they sell like Lord of the Rings swords oh, and yeah, stuff like that. The then they just have the fumier there too as well from the from silence. <laughs> you know. Um, before we wrap, I got a couple questions, guys. What is like, what do you think the renouncing power would be of one of these icons? Like, would, would a Christian really believe that stepping on this thing um, is renouncing their God? Like, would they would they really believe that this is a sin? 
Like, is it a thing that the Japanese think is going to work? Or is it... Exactly. Did the, they get it from Portugal or They could Rome? say, oh, this is some mumbo-jumbo that the Japanese made up. I, stepping no, on the, this thing has nothing... Stepping on stuff was a European thing that oh, came to okay. Japan. So the fact that Jesus' face was on that, just that was enough to, to renounce him? I, I mean, it's hard for us to understand, but I think it's important to recognize that, like, when we try and think about people from any other time in history, like, we can't conceive... Of their mindset, like we cannot, it's, we literally it's like cannot, science fiction. Yeah, almost. yeah. We it is cannot like understand fiction. of their concept of the world. So to try and yeah, and and, and the Japanese say this is just a formality anyway, don't they? Yeah, they, they do. They are actually very tolerant. You know, like if you chose to, you could just be like, "Yep, <laughs> oh, you got me." Step on it, and then like, uh, like, oh no, you know what? That hasn't been working lately. Spit on this cross. Okay. Yeah, call the like, Virgin Mary a whore. But there's no like, there's no liberal religious people. Like, no, you know how today people are like, I'm not religious. I'm spiritual. I just like believe what I believe. And like, you know, yeah. there was you couldn't. Nobody did that back then. Like it was, no. you know, you One practiced. The other. Yeah. There was, yeah. there was actual practice involved, like ritual. And when I say ritual, I don't. I think people get the wrong idea. They were I just like mean like Olympic doing, athletes. doing, yeah. doing things. Like you had rituals involved. Like you had to, you know do a certain thing at this certain time that involved these certain steps. Yeah, when your life expectancy was like 38. It, yeah, and it, now people, people, it'd be more people appealing. just say, Christ is in my heart. Yeah. Um, I don't, need to, I don't, go to, go to I don't need to go to church and like do mass and take... <laughs> yeah. yeah, I've exactly. never even read the Bible, but I just love them. <laughs> uh, you said love your neighbor, right? Yeah. I, I thought the movie was interesting sort of asking uh, sort of what would be the point of dying for your God in a country that may not be, uh, ultimately accept this religion anyway. You know what I mean? So to sort of, then that's when the silence, I don't know if, if the, tit- point. the titular silence that God is giving you here, um, uh, it, like is Rodriguez struggling with the realization that, that in, in this country, in this land, like his God is silent. His God has no voice here. I think at well, one part he's in a cell and he does struggle with that. Cause, and, he, and he's talking about like, why have you forsaken me? This is what my, what your son said. And he is worried that like, you know, it, this is a concern. You know, if, if I die here and it means nothing to them and, and if I'm wrong and there is no God, then, you know, what am I doing and why have all these people died? Well, that was after the whole conversation where, no, no, Christianity is like universal. It works everywhere, mm-hmm. but well, it's not working here. So what does that mean? Yeah. And that means that these people weren't dying for God. You know, they were dying for you, Padre. Yeah. You know, yeah. Uh, and, and you had a great comment after the film where... Uh, Liam Neeson, Father Ferreira, even says, you know, even even Christ would have apostated uh, when he was if he was faced with this. Yeah, it, which it, then then the movie starts folding in on itself. You know, like even Jesus would have given up his God uh, if we were torturing him in the way we're torturing you. So, but he can't, well, that's that connects to what uh, Garfield was yelling about Hashtag when he's going crazy. Not my Jesus, because. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus did when Jesus was on the cross, you know, like, you know, supposedly near death. He does yell, you know, my father, why have you forsaken me? Which means he doesn't know what's going on yeah. behind the scenes. Yeah. So he might have, you know, you never know. Um, he just does what's he wants to save the meek. Did he take all over Liam Neeson's wife? Is that what happened? He got his wife. Like they gave him a no, wife? no. He got someone else, someone else, another or, Japanese or guy, someone else's wife. Okay, yeah. so and he got his wife, just like him. Liam Neeson got someone oh, else's wife. Yeah, 
Okay, uh, guys and, and kids. Um, we we got to wrap here. What do you What do you give this movie out of ten, Mike? I think I'm mo- I'm most curious to know what you're giving this because mm, you're going to come down well, with a big of, sledgehammer. Out of all of my complaints for this film, there was some beautiful cinematography. I mean, the acting was pretty good overall. Uh, it's just it's forty five minutes too long. It's way too Easily. long. Yeah. It hits the same plot points again and again. The message just seems to get mixed up. Yeah, with diff- like ideas are introduced and then dropped. Uh, so a seven and seven out of ten for me. Mm. Like it's it's still it's still an okay movie. It's just not interesting. Yeah, I'm I'm giving it the same. It's it's funny that I'm not as harsh, but we're giving it the same score here. Hmm. But I don't, I don't think it's great at all. I think it's more of just an interesting pet project of Martin Scorsese's that it's interesting um, that is a double black diamond not a recommend right this one is just a complete film school essay writing conversation starter I want to know Rob what you think um because this doesn't to me look like Scorsese's other movies like and it's, it's shot very differently what a departure from his last it movie looks, right it looks like Japanese movies like he's trying to yeah I mean it looks like a Kurosawa movie you know, it looks like that type of movie and it, it kind of performs that way too. Like a lot of the villagers, I mean, when I was watching, I was thinking, I've seen a few Japanese movies that kind of the characters and caricatures are similar to what you would see in a Japanese movie. Like the the Judas character, the Inquisitor, those like in a lot of the Japanese, you know, Westerns like uh, Seven Samurai, um, you know, things like that, you know, the, those Kurosawa movies where he did redid... Um, Shakespeare movies, similar to that. But the thing about it is, as an experience, I enjoyed the movie. But when you break it down, it, it falls apart. So, I mean, I after watching it, I was kind of like, yeah. But then a day later, I was just like, well, just the experience of watching the movie and seeing all this torture and all this stuff that they went through kind of hits you on a certain level. But intellectually, it's kind of unsatisfying. But the just visually how they um, when it, all that stuff washed over you, you know, it's hard not to react to that. But when you break it down intellectually, it wasn't as satisfying as mm-hmm. I thought it should be. Mm-hmm. So what's your what's your score out of ten? I would say seven point five. Ooh, seven point five. Can I change mine? You can yeah. six six. Yeah. I was too, I was too lenient. Yeah, but I I did I didn't find it boring. That's one thing I thought it, I would be finding it. Yeah, I, I, I was, was a, yeah I, I was much was more a, worried that it was going to be for a period dull. piece. I found there was a lot more life to it and more humanity to it than a lot of period mm-hmm. pieces, and that's that's why it went from a seven to seven and a half because a lot of times you are so. Um, Separate when it's a period piece, you're so separated from it because there's so much context you don't know. But with this, the context was almost irrelevant because it was all about the experiences these people that the you know what they went through. That's universal. Yeah, yeah. That part's universal. Yeah, and it's not. You don't have to know all the dates and times and who did this, who did mm-hmm. that. I think that was the great part of the film was it had a life to it. Red. Whereas a lot of period pieces don't. Um, well, I think so. Like, 
I think most of us would agree that Scorsese is is an, is an awesome director generally. Like when yeah. he's when he's kicking ass. You would never know he did this movie though. This you really so would never to know. To me, he he was trying some different stuff. Like like you know, we just said that it feels not like a Scorsese, but like he was trying to throw on some Kurosawa lenses. Um, and I don't know if that helped him. I think he 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 pulled it off. Okay, but the movie was too long, and I kind of, I wonder if he wouldn't have been more successful if he had done it the way he normally operates. Uh, but I don't know. I can wonder that kind of thing all day. I'm going to give it a 7, uh, 7. out of 10. Yeah, it feels like he just was let off. His He is unleashed here. Obviously, full creative control on this giant pet project of Over, 30 years. Overindulgent is the word I would use. Right. But even when I say 7.5, I'm not going to, like, that's not a film you rec a 7.5 you don't recommend to someone. Yeah, that, that's why this it's, is this is a double it, black diamond. Yeah. If you're into, f- like, heady ideas, interesting, retrospective, introspective, rather, it's, it looks at religion and, and imperialism and Christianity, this movie is... Sort of. Yeah. This movie's a confused mishmash of... Deep, dramatic punches in the gut that don't always work. Uh, it's playing, I think, in wide release soon, everybody. Go see Silence. If you agree or disagree with our takes, let us know. Verticalviewing at gmail.com. Silence, everybody. What a what once a, a hard one to wrestle with. Once man. again, two hours and 40 minutes. So plan your evening yeah, around that. It, it was long and... You, towards the end, is you, it you rewarding, know. guys? Not not as much as I it, felt. It went out with a whimper. It it's like it, not as rewarding as it should be, right? No, I'm, I mean I'm glad I saw it. I am too, but uh, yeah, me too. I'm still I'm thinking, thinking about it. This is a flawed, interesting, big, messy movie, guys. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Next week, we are reviewing Patriots Day. I'm excited for this. I don't know if you guys... I, I have a sea of people who do not look pumped to see Patriots Day at all. I was, I was really happy with uh, Deepwater Horizon, oh, so I'm looking forward to, to this. Same uh, director, I'm, correct? I'm starting to like question this like uh, cashing in on disaster trend. Like Deepwater I, I just, Horizon. I, this, I just heard this movie's the, amazing. The Boston bombing. You gotta like, see. Are they just going to keep making movies about tragedies? Is this Peter um Peter Berg. Peter Berg. Yeah. My favorite director, director of Battleship. Just I I'm hoping you can join us next week. This movie's getting really good reviews. Deepwater Horizon is genuinely like edge of your seat, gripping as hell. Like it, to me it's it's perfect partner with Captain Phillips. It's just as powerful, just as suspenseful, just as masterfully executed and i, I heard patriots we, we, we must have very different opinions of captain philip you, you don't like it eh i mean the book fantastic the movie mm. i just was like i could feel the blood pumping i like through captain philip guys that's our show thank you for listening okay. uh you can follow me on twitter at scott wilson bc where can we find you on the internet you could find me on twitter at jared underscore sergeant mm. I always forget this. I think I'm at Rube Lubner on Instagram and at Rob Salit on Twitter. On Twitter. If not, then flip those. Yeah. Flip the script. And always say something nice first when you're making a mistake by reaching out to someone. Okay. Don't say, hey, man. Yeah, that's cool. 
we, we got... <laughs> I'm at Michael R. Lind on, on Twitter. Wicked. Hmm. Uh, like I said, you can uh, email us, verticalviewing at gmail.com, on Twitter at verticalviewing. Instagram is our jam, at verticalviewing. Click that donate button. Go to verticalviewing.com. Help us keep those lights on, everybody. Uh, you can offset the cost of seeing movies, putting on the show, jamming that internet, sweet pumpkin pie, just into messing your, your ear up. Into your ear canal. We'll help, you, we'll help you clean it up, too, if you donate yeah. enough. Yeah. You could go to iTunes and leave that recipe. What, what is that recipe? It's some cilantro-based? Some sort of dip, I think it was. Well, it's a it was a, a pumpkin cilantro seed pumpkin seed dip that we all want the recipe for. It's anything cilantro-based. Any, well, anything cilantro-based. Okay. Just don't put soap in it. You don't. The thing is, you don't cook cilantro, though. It's always good fresh. Don't you, cook it. You put it on at the it's end. It's like a garnish. At mm-hmm. the end, yeah. It's like avocado. You don't cook it. Like Oh, you can. You ever grill that shit? <laughs> don't fuck around. No, I, I do don't, not. Two things you shouldn't cook is no. cilantro and don't screw uh, around. avocado. Go to iTunes Vertical Viewing. Leave us a five-star review. Cilantro it up. Uh, any final thoughts? I forgot to mention that I watched No Country for Old Men. Oh my god, we have to talk for about that. For the first that. time? For the first time. <sighs> next Whoa. week, Next week. save everything. Marinated another week on that, See, man. I watched it the day before I went to see Silence, so I wow. think I was coming off of a amazing film, and I just saw this. That colored and next yeah. day. Yeah. For sure. <laughs> I can't believe if we forgot about I t- that. I haven't written down even, and I just man. forgot about it. Mm-hmm. Uh Okay. Thank you for listening, ladies and gentlemen. We love everybody. It's true. What are we doing? Uh, well, did you know that in uh, <laughs> the Christian, the Roman Catholic, faith, what as far as I know, um, like after uh, Jesus died <laughs> and then he went into the tomb and then came back, did you know that he rose okay. bodily? Like he, he physically, kept, he his kept it vertical, body right? rose into heaven and to... He, he kept Which it. is so ridiculous. <laughs> but anyway, like it's up. Like it's in one direction up, specifically from Israel. Like, and what he if he was in Australia right? that day? Anyways, <laughs> fuck. 